Where else can you go to not only find the information on how to train your dog, but the best deals on training equipment as well? Standing Stone Supply has everything you need to create that next versatile champion from DT system electronics down to even emergency med kits to take with you on your hunting trips. If you need some help with your training program, then their step-by-step online course might be a great fit for you, making it a convenient one-stop shop for the knowledge as well as the gear to take your training to the next level. Hit up standingstonesupply.com and promo code GDIY will save you 10%. Being an upland hunter in the south nowadays unfortunately means a lot of travel to try and find birds for my dogs. This means it's even more important that my map scouting is reliable to justify the effort. This is where Onyx comes in. I can honestly say that Onyx directly impacts the level of success I find on my trips. Whether it's the private versus public land boundaries, the expanding number of unique layers and features by state, or the 3D mapping capabilities, my initial step in planning my hunting trip starts with Onyx. To know where you're going, you have to first know where you stand. Check out Onyx Hunt Maps and use code G. GDIY20 at checkout to save 20%. GDIY has partnered with the Bird Dog Society to do monthly bonus check-ins to discuss and announce any news and events that may be of interest for any and all bird dog owners and trainers. There are a lot of factors that impact us as we try to train, hunt, and just live with our dogs. So it is important to recognize the resources we utilize are maintained, improved, and people actually know about them. Please check out the links in the show notes that can direct you where to get involved and show your support. All right, everybody, welcome back to another Bird Dog Society update presented by Standing Stone Supply. My guest this month is Rob Moore. Rob, how you doing? Doing great, Nick. How are you? Oh, I'm living the dream as always. I can't complain. I'm I'm excited to get you on. It's always fun doing these Bird Dog Society updates, obviously getting good quality information out there with what you guys have going on. But uh seems like we keep changing guests, so it's keeping me on my toes and I'm getting to know, you know, each of you in a different light ultimately. Fantastic. Well, it's a treat for me. I've been a longtime listener of the uh, GDIY and uh yeah, thrilled to be here with you today and awesome. to talk Bird Dog Society. For sure. Well, I mean, before we jump jump into the society business, first, I, I take it you're. I understand that you got yourself a puppy that you're dealing with right now. Yes, we're uh, just turned twelve weeks old yesterday. Uh, Lincoln, our American Brittany, six years old, uh, sired a litter uh, with a uh, wonderful American Brittany breeder outside of Charlottesville, and we took home one of the pups, and he is twelve weeks old as of yesterday, and we're. Um, suddenly remembering all the things we had repressed about puppyhood. Uh, <laughs> so this, th- is this your second puppy? I take it. It is absolutely. Okay. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things you think, oh, I've done this before. This is going to be easy. Yeah. It's, 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 it's something to be survived. I think. So what, what's been your biggest takeaway getting your second puppy or I guess your first repeat puppy, I, I, I should call it, because to your point, it's just like, oh, I've done it before. It's no big deal. But then it's it, it's eye opening to where it's, you know, I, get, I take it it's probably similar to having the second kid. It's just like, well, we've done it once. What's what's another one going to hurt? <laughs> exactly. And it's uh, it's funny. You're working with the same genetic material, uh, especially with Lincoln siring this one. And uh, you, you kind of think it's this puppy is going to be just like he was as a pup. And some of that's true, but some of it's not true at all. And I think that's been the biggest takeaway. Uh, the different personality you can see coming out, um, different challenges. Uh, there's things that we were challenged with Lincoln that with this new pup are not an issue at all and vice versa. There's some things he's doing that I'm like, what? I, I, <laughs> I wish you got that from your dad and and not not something else. 
Well, I want to hear some examples. What are some things that you you were thinking was going to be harder than what it was and vice versa? What's something that you thought it was going to be easier that just he he's proven you're wrong on that so far? Well, I think the thing that my wife and I have talked about the most is the bitiness. Um, we did not remember Lincoln being uh, nearly as bitey as uh, this little guy is. Um, so we've kind of been reaching out to folks like, what do you what do you do to stop that? We've heard all the little tricks and uh, we've ticked through each one and they've worked for like maybe a day or two. And then the, the bitiness uh, comes back. Uh, the only person that has the only creature that has been effective with him is Lincoln. He's like corrected him once or twice and he like does not uh, try that with Lincoln anymore. So we're trying to take a cue from him and figure out how we can uh, get in there and intervene in that way. Um, but I say all that we did not remember Lincoln being that bitey. And I went back and found a video yesterday of Lincoln at 12 weeks. He's got a little collar with alligator on it because of the, bite. <laughs> and, uh, we gotten a bunch of beef tendons, uh, to, for him to chew on because we're like, we got to give him some kind of flesh to chew on besides us. So yeah. I think part of that is our just forgetting, um, and now thinking Lincoln was absolutely perfect. And, and in fact, maybe he wasn't, but I still think Rooster, uh, the pup is maybe just a little more bitey than he was. Yeah. Puppies, man, they, they, every time you get one to your point, every time you go through it, you're like, ah, it's not that big a deal. And then when you get the puppy in the house, you start remembering certain things that you, to your point, yep. conveniently forgot or you're, you're, it just fell out of your head. And then it, it there's a flashback moment. It's almost like PTSD. It's just like, oh, and I'm back. And uh, <laughs> and so each puppy is, is they're, they're obviously unique in their own way, but so, so much of it, you know, everybody thinks that they have the unique situation with the puppy. But for the most part... A puppy's a puppy, you know, in a lot of ways. And until their characteristics and traits really start showing, uh, overall, you know, a puppy's going to be a puppy. Absolutely. And uh, one other thing came to mind as you were talking uh, that was very different with Rooster than it was with Lincoln. When we got Lincoln in early 2017, we went to pick him up in Peoria, Illinois at his breeders. We drove uh, seven hours to Lexington, Kentucky, spent the night and spent the next day driving the rest of the way back to Virginia. Um, so we had him there with us the first night in the hotel, maybe 15 minutes he barked and Heather and I had gotten the advice that, you know, you just don't respond, you ignore him and they eventually go to sleep. Lincoln did that after 15 minutes and he slept through the night from then on. So we've always felt a little judgmental, I'll have to say, to people <laughs> saying, you know, my dog stays up all night and he barks all night and we can't, we're at our wits end. And I keep thinking, oh, that's just because you gave in and you went in and took him out. And uh, that's why you're having this problem. Rooster, we brought home the first night, howled his head off for like six hours straight. We got through the first 15 minutes. We're like, he's going to shut up. And we didn't make a peep. That went on and on and on. So I have to uh, uh, ask everybody's forgiveness for silently <laughs> uh, for having a, a howling pup, uh, because now we uh, we know some pups are just like that. So you get you got to eat a little crow on that. So yes. So so t tell me how how did it go? Did you guys just embrace the suck, grit your teeth, get through it, or did one of you guys finally relent and say, "All right, I got to get some sleep." Well, we uh, we just finally decided, whispering to each other in the bed, that it would be a win if we brought the crate in the bed with us, but didn't let him out of the crate. And that's finally what did it at like 4.30 a.m. Um, okay. He was close enough in proximity to us that 
And then we decided we were just going to take baby steps and kind of move him incrementally out of the bed and then on a chair by the bed and then uh, finally to his spot across the room. Um, so, yeah, uh, we we finally got through it that way. I will say one of the things that has been a pleasant surprise for us is we're not quite as stressed out this time, even with that and even with the other things that we're dealing with, because we know you can't be perfect with a puppy. Some of it, you just have to wait until they grow and mature. You can do all the right things and still some of it's just going to be a challenge. And we're not quite as hard on ourselves as we were the first time thinking everything had to be perfect. And why isn't this working? Um, So that that has actually been a a, kind of give us and take us away uh, piece of this that even though we're dealing with different challenges, we're not quite as stressed out as we were the first time. Right, right. How's the potty training coming? Good. He's actually done really well with that. I think the only issues we've had have been user error. Uh, with, uh, <laughs> my wife and I, like we've not quite read his cues and haven't taken him out or we've gotten distracted and we're on a work call. Um, uh, but uh, generally he's letting us know, uh, even if he's had a number one accident, uh, that he needs to go and he wants to be outside where he's supposed to go. So we're taking that as a win. So we're nice. think on the other side of that, but I'm not going to wood as I say that. Yeah. Did y'all take any uh, additional steps? Have you guys gotten them on a, on a schedule when they get food and water? You know, you're only yeah. leaving it out. You're not letting them free free feed or free water? No, yeah. We're very, very uh, careful about both the our feeding. Uh, we're actually working through great resource uh, that we had this time around that we didn't before, the uh, Standing Stone Kennels uh, course. Um, so we're working through making the food a reward and uh, making the interaction with us a part of the feeding time for rooster in the morning and same in the evening. And he does not have access to it outside of that. And water, uh, we did not make the rookie mistake that we made with Lincoln and having any access to water after 730 at night. As long as he's getting enough uh, water during the day, uh, we're turning that off so that by the time he goes to sleep, he doesn't have a full bladder. That's been, yeah. been huge. And you, you just hit on something. I mean, a, a lot of people, there, there's a, a number of courses and resources out there for you, but the Standing Stone course going through it, there's a lot of invaluable information there, especially for puppy, maybe first time owners or in your case, second time. And I mean, heck, you know, it's, I talk about this stuff on a weekly basis and I went through their system and, and there's still a lot of stuff that's just very valuable information. So anybody listening to it, be sure to check them out and, and code GDIY gets you 10% off. So just remember that when you're looking at it. Absolutely. And and we've uh, there are so many resources that we didn't have before and that are new for us, to your point, uh, even having gone through this once and, and being around bird dogs and bird dog people a lot. Uh, there were some uh, fantastic tips. And I think I've been surprised. I did most of the bird dog training with Lincoln. Um, Heather loves Lincoln, takes him running, uh, does a lot of that, but isn't as involved involved in the training. And uh, to my surprise with this Standing Stone course, uh, she's been the one that has been kind of leading me along and watching all the videos and picking up tips and is teaching me. Uh, so that's been a, a, a neat aspect to the program, too. Yeah, just so- both of us are into it. She got hooked. She got ate up with it. Next thing you know, you're going to have that third puppy in the house with you. I, well, I wouldn't complain. Absolutely. <laughs> get her out in the field with us. I, I see that yep. probably on the horizon as well. 
Yeah. Well, I appreciate doing the uh, the unplanned plug for for the uh, sponsor of this show. That that helps me out tremendously. Oh, so I, I, lo- I love it when it works out that way. But you did not come on here to talk training and and puppy stuff. We got to give an update on what you guys are doing with Bird Dog Society. So before we kind of jump into some of the planned events or webinars or something like that, is there any updates with the organization overall in terms of you know how the landscape is looking? Are you guys getting a lot of signups, chapters, ambassadors, you know, kind of catch us up on on how the last months look for you guys? Absolutely. A lot of great activity since we launched officially in January, uh, as I've talked to you before at Pheasant Fest and Jim and Terry Ann too, um, we're building this bike while we're riding it. And that's been uh, both a challenge, but also really exciting and putting things together. We crossed the threshold. We've got over 100 members uh, over the past couple of months. Uh, we uh, crossed the 100-member threshold uh, nationally uh, in the organization. So really finding, uh, thank you so much for doing these updates, uh, whether it's Pheasant Fest or ear updates uh, or some of our activities and webinars, we're finding that we're uh, achieving uh, more members as a result of that on the back end. Uh, so that's been a really great uh, set of things to get the word out. Uh, We're working this year really to establish ourselves as a national organization, uh, provide resources to our membership through the webinars, through some of the in-person events, um, really be able to have folks understand what we're about by becoming members and being a part of what we're doing. Um, In tandem with that, we're also working to lay the foundation for eventual chapter uh, organizations. Our kind of vision of how the chapters uh, will work in each state is that will be the principal uh, locus of activity in working with the wildlife uh, management agencies in each state uh, looking to do that sort of improvement on game lands that uh, we've all been talking about and uh, making public lands a better resource uh, for us as bird dog owners. Um, So we're working with uh, three uh, potential ambassadors right now, two that have already been announced uh, for Minnesota and Virginia and uh, looking to add another one uh, shortly for Georgia, we've got a couple of other uh, folks in different states that have applied to be ambassadors. You can find that on our resources page, the application to be an ambassador. Uh, so we're really using that ambassador program to start to have that state-by-state activity with uh, membership uh, to talk about you know, what are the unique needs that we have in Virginia or Minnesota or California uh, that we can really start to organize around. Uh, So we're really uh, excited about getting those ambassadors on board. We're going to do a uh, orientation for uh, our first three ambassadors in the next month uh, to get their activity up and running. I have joined each one of those ambassadors is going to be joined with a board member. Uh, So I'm working with our Virginia ambassador to do things like making contact with our Virginia Department of Wildlife Resources and uh, starting to develop that relationship so that we have that to work with as a chapter starts to form. Uh, So that's really been our focus, uh, getting the national resources out and uh, in tandem with that, uh, really trying to develop that uh, foundation for uh, future state work. Yeah. So the society is growing, the network is growing, the ambassadors. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things to where the membership is growing at a steady clip and you guys are probably going to see y'all are going to hit that jumping off point to where it's like you kind of hit that there's a certain point to where all of a sudden it's just going to skyrocket that that slow uphill climb all of a sudden turns into a cliff going up and uh, that's that's what we're out here trying to 
trying to do, right? To motivate everybody to sign up because you guys have a lot of good information, neat, neat concepts and ideas coming forth. So let's talk about those for a second. The webinars, those have been a big hit with you guys so far. Uh, you have one coming up here in May. What's the one in May on? Uh, the May uh, webinar is intro to tracking. So scent tracking uh, with Gretchen Stevenson, and that's going to be on Thursday, May 18th at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And uh, really excited to have folks join us. I should say, all of our webinars are free uh, as live events, and you don't have to be a member to join them. Uh, we really want people to use these as a chance to see what we're all about. The benefit to becoming a member is that you then have uh, archived recordings of those to be able to go back and refer to, or you, if you can't make the live event, you've uh, always got those there as a resource uh, for you as a member. Yeah, absolutely. Good reminder there. And intro to tracking, that's something that... People that are interested in that always reach out asking questions about it when deer season is actually already in full swing. And I just tell them, like, if you haven't been working on it already, you're, you're, don't start you're now. Yeah. yeah, you Wait. don't start now. If you're yeah. wanting to actually get your dog kind of ready and introduced to it uh, for the upcoming deer season, then now's the time to do it. So I think it's a good time for that seminar. So anybody listening interested in that, take that for whatever it's worth. And then you guys have another one in June coming up. What's the one in June covering? Going to be very relevant to me and people like me, bringing home your puppy. Kata Miller is one of our board members, and uh, we'll be doing that on Thursday, June 15th at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight. And uh, yeah, covering all the things that uh, all of us feel a little overwhelmed about when we've got this new brand new puppy at, 12, uh, at eight weeks uh, coming home with us. Uh, oh, yeah. What did we do last time? And uh, <laughs> a good chance to kind of refresh if you're thinking about bringing home a puppy soon or if you've got a little bundle of joy with you now, uh, probably an, a great opportunity to hear from Kata as an experienced uh, breeder uh, and be able to get some tips to make that a successful transition for you. Absolutely. And going full circle as we as we let off with this is no matter how many times you do a puppy and you spend three or four years to remove from it, there's going to be little tips and tricks that you forget about. So 100 percent. So outside of the webinars, you know, the live events, I know you guys have stuff on the calendar or, or ideas to put on the calendar. What's next in terms of an actual in-person event? Our next one is Hunting with Your Bird Dog Workshop. That's going to be September 30th at uh, from 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. We're hosting that in Hoffman, North Carolina at the Hoffman Field Trial Grounds Clubhouse. And this is really just an intro. Uh, think of it as a Upland 101, um, uh, Hunting 101 with your dog uh, sort of experience. Uh, we're really excited about the lineup that we have of experts coming in for that. We've got Wes Everman, uh, who's going to be uh, covering quail hunting. And believe it or not, there are wild bobwhite quail uh, still in uh, North Carolina, Virginia, lots of other places in the country. But I think that's been the exciting thing over the past few years. We're starting to see some of that wild bobwhite population come back a little bit from uh, maybe a, a, a nadir uh, over the past five, 10 years. Uh, Grayson Geyer, a wonderful trainer uh, out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina, is going to be uh, there to be our woodcock hunting expert and talk all about that. Uh, in this region of the country, we've got uh, probably uh, the most reliable um, bird for uh, upland uh, dogs to hunt, our woodcock. They're not true upland birds. They're a different uh, order, genus, species uh, than our, most of our other game birds. 
Uh, but we have a wonderful flight of these migratory uh, woodcock that come through uh, the mid-Atlantic area on their migration path. Uh, so they're a fantastic resource uh, for new bird dog owners uh, trying to uh, get their dog out on wild birds. Everybody hears that, but that's always a, a challenge uh, for many of us that live in parts of the country that don't have an abundance of wild birds. And then Garrett Nelson is going to be covering uh, waterfowl hunting. Uh, so for all of our versatile folks uh, or folks that are exclusively interested in waterfowl uh, hunting with their dogs, he'll be there for that. So we're super excited about it. I went through something very similar uh, with Grayson uh, out at his grounds when I first got Lincoln. And it was kind of like all of the stupid questions that I was afraid to ask were answered for me. You know, what's, yeah. a, what's a woodcock look like? What's a wing look like? Uh, what's a rough grouse? How are, how are their behaviors uh, uh, different? Um, we covered all of those things out at his place. It was a, a, in partnership with the North Carolina uh, Wildlife Resources and was just perfect for me as a beginner. I had never hunted before I got Lincoln. And uh, uh, all the things that I wanted to ask somebody but felt a little silly asking, uh, not only uh, was I able to ask them there, but uh, I was given some of those answers before I even had to ask. So we're hoping this experience will be a lot like that and be a great way for folks to uh, think about at the very beginning of the upland season, September 30th, you've got the whole rest of the season to kind of get out with your dog and, and use some of the things that you learned in this workshop. For sure. And I, and I think the, the main benefits of in-person events you, you just hit on ultimately is, is if you're interested or intrigued or have questions, you go to these events, you learn kind of real quick that you're not the only one with the same questions. Exactly. Everybody, you, you know, that, don't get me wrong. There are certain stupid questions out there, but you know what? You don't know they're stupid until you ask them, right? Absolutely. And I mean, it's, I'm sorry. Asking a stupid question is not the end of the world. I do it on no. a weekly basis on this podcast, right? Yep. And uh, You have to ask great. a lot of stupid questions before you get to the smart questions. So exactly. Let's all get over it. Yeah. Ex exactly. Get over it. And uh, Grayson is a great resource. You know, it's funny. You know, he, he's the guest on this, this week's main episode. Uh, when this is coming out. So, uh, you know, Grayson gets around. He's a wealth of knowledge. And so, uh, really yeah, is. if there's any interest, at where do people sign up? Is there a fee for signing up or is it a member-only thing? You know, kind of give us the details as we kind of wrap this update up. Great question. Uh, BirdDogSociety.org is your central location for all of this. You'll find the signups under events. Uh, so if you go to the events tab, uh, you'll find uh, Hunting With Your Bird Dog Workshop listed first. That cost will be $50, and you must be a current uh, Bird Dog Society member for this one. Um, yeah, a lot of the webinars, as I said before, you don't have to be, but this one does require membership. Uh, so we'd encourage folks to get your membership, uh, sign up um, uh, through uh, the registration link that we have right there on the events page. Yeah. Is there a limit of spots? Do people need to jump on this now? Is there, you know, kind of tell me what I it would encourage like. folks to jump on it now. And it's a, again, as we're building this bike while we're riding it and we're offering a lot of these events for the first time, we're never quite sure which uh, events are going to get flooded uh, quickly with uh, signups. Uh, but if you think you might want to do this and you can clear that weekend, I'd go ahead and sign up and and uh, uh, plan to be a part of it uh, as soon yeah. as possible. Awesome. 
Well, Rob, I appreciate it. I, I enjoy these monthly check-ins to hear what cool stuff you guys have as, as an organization coming out. And of course, you and I will have to circle back at some point and talk dogs and puppies a little bit more as uh, as we barely got to touch on the surface on that. But I appreciate you joining me and, and uh, giving the listeners an update. And listeners, if you haven't already, hit the link in the show notes. Check out Bird Dog Society. They're doing a lot of cool stuff. Everybody involved. Uh, they're coming from a perspective that truly matters in terms of they just care about dogs and so if you care about dogs check them out thank you so much nick and we really appreciate all of your support and everything uh, you're doing uh, for us and uh, and and uh, your podcast it's such a wonderful resource for all of us who are new bird dog owners absolutely i appreciate that and i enjoy doing it so uh stay tuned for another uh update on bird dog society next month and thanks for listening Thank you for listening to GDIY. If you enjoy this podcast, please remember to take a moment to rate, review, and share with a friend. Also, be sure to follow us and our partners on Facebook and Instagram under Gundog It Yourself. If you really enjoy the podcast and would like to contribute even more to the future content, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Gundog It Yourself. Thanks again and happy hunting. Everyone seems to have the same questions or concerns when they start trying to decide which kennel to purchase for their vehicle. Perhaps it's time to stop asking all the questions and just design the perfect setup that meets your exact needs. B-Pro Kennel specializes in designing and fabricating custom premier dog boxes handcrafted right here in the USA from high-grade, lightweight aluminum. They'll get you set up with the size dimensions, lighting, storage, battery boxes with solar charging, and anything else you can dream of. Stop stressing over buying the wrong setup just have to replace it again in a year. Go ahead and check out bprokennels.com and get exactly what you want. If you're considering changing your dog's food soon, then be sure to check out Yukonuba Pro Performance. Their science-backed formulas are designed to take your dog to the next level of performance. They also now have the new puppy formula to help your pup start strong and live active. When looking at all the different food options, remember Yukonuba to help power their ultimate performance. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bob from Lone Duck's Gun Dog Chronicles podcast. I hope you just enjoyed the episode you just listened to. And if you did, I think you'll enjoy hopping on ours. We've got professional retriever trainers and upland bird dog trainers from across the country and world sharing their tips and tricks and great stories to help you and your dog get ready for the season. We'll see you there.